I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call. So 10 companies picked by you, two expert guests, all in one hour. It is Friday, the 16th of October. We are live on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Nadine Blaney, and it's great to have you here. Also, great to have here two expert guests, ones we, um, yeah, we know and love quite well here at Ausbiz. Thanks. Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. A little flattery, I think, gets me yeah, everywhere get with you these everywhere two. We, <laughs> All right. um, we will jump right into it, shall we, guys? Because I'm always running out of time. The stock of the day is QuickFee. QuickFee, ticker code QFE, has completed its oversubscribed share purchase plan, raising $2.5 million. Now, combined with its recent placement, it now has $17.5 million to play with. It says it will be used to accelerate growth and launch that QuickFee installments product in partnerships with Split It Payment. CEO Bruce Coomer says this is a strong endorsement of the significant opportunity for the new Quick Fee installments products. What else would he say? Let's find out what our guests here in studio think of Quick Fee. Um, listen, Adam, I'll start with you. Sure. When this deal with Split It was announced, I remember speaking with the CEO saying that it's really interesting because the credit exposure does not go to quick fee. It actually lies with the firm and split it. So that's yeah. a pretty clever tie-up, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but the, the, the probably the ledger would definitely sit with split it because of the nature of their business. Quick fee is a really interesting one because generally you see companies raising money when their share prices are going up. This one, the, the quick fee share price has been a, bit, a little bit lagging of late and they did the share purchase plan at 50 cents, but they did say obviously it was oversubscribed. I, I really like this business. It's an interesting one as far as that it has the ability to have a lot of growth, but it just feels like the market's not giving it what it's probably potentially uh, can have. And yeah, you can see that sort of share price starting to languish a little bit. So look, I think it's a good deal. I think uh, putting more money in their coffers is, uh, is good. And I suspect they're probably gonna do with some acquisitions over the next coming couple of months. So it's a buy from me, technically on the chart. Oh, it's a it buy. Yeah. Okay, so quick fee share price up by 6%. Now I know, Ooh. I'll let Adam go first because I know you've been doing a bit of, <laughs> a bit of uh, re reading and writing on this one. I have, I have. Um, I have to say, I listened to their presentation yesterday at the Tech Ops presentation, virtual conferences mm -hmm. now because they're so good to go to. And there was a couple of things that struck me. And one thing that kind of blew my mind a bit is that Americans still use an awful lot of physical checks yes mm. I think it was 18 billion physical I cannot checks. even remember the last time I saw I, a I, check could, I was staggered check. 18 billion dollars worth of no no not billion dollars worth 18 billion, billion checks, checks like right. a piece of paper a year. Right. not spelled with a Q just spelled not, with a not spelled with, yeah, <laughs> exactly so that that staggered me and one thing that, that the other thing that staggered me is that um, people send out physical bills and then people write a check 
and put them in a, an envelope and then send them back. Well, at least some of them do. Um, not enough of them do, I suspect. And what these guys are d have said is that um, you know, electronic invoicing gets electronic payments. And this is what these guys are all about, electronic payments for lawyers, accountants, mm -hmm. and the buy now, pay later of, of this side of things, which does seem to be a massive opportunity. I looked at the, uh, the number of legal actions that the, the average Californian is involved in. It's astonishing. They might as well have a, a lawyer on tap. <laughs> so there, there's clearly a big market, and this is where they're going, is the US, and they've raised this money. Um, it, it's one thing to do a deal with Split It, and it does look a good deal, but you've still got to physically get the lawyers, mm. the accountants, the consultants, the professionals on board and to use your system uh, in terms of buy now, pay later. Where it doesn't have the same kind of um, viral nature, I guess, is that it's not fast fashion like we've seen with... Afterpay and mm -hmm. the zips and all these sort of things, which are turning over their money really, really quickly, uh, and they're turning up. You know, people buy the dress or the outfit or whatever, yeah. uh, and they're turning that money over very quickly. This is a, a bit of a longer-term thing, but it, the numbers are still quite big. So, and once they get adoption, you would think that it would be quite sticky because yes. you implement the systems. You're not going to change next week Accounts for another one. For that, no, yeah. and, and as I say, Californians and Americans, they're a pretty litigious. Yeah. bunch of people and accountants fees are not cheap either and um, it, it, it's a good opportunity I think that the 50 cent SPP which was done at a discount to the 58 cents where the instos were lucky enough to get yeah, right. the first 14 million dollars worth uh, the, the, they raised another three and a half through the SPP at 50 cents it does look as if that may have been holding the price down a bit even today it's popped mm. on the back of that up 54. to uh, 54 and a half so I, I think around 50 cents 51 cents it is a buy uh, probably uh, a weaker buy at these levels, but uh, yeah, I think it's definitely in the buy camp, and it's 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 just an interesting business if they can execute. And what is also important is they've just hired a guy uh, as the CFO who looks like he can execute. Mm -hmm. And uh, funnily enough, I was talking to a couple of New Zealand's best fund managers, best small cap fund managers, yesterday, who the lovely Jonathan Higgins at Shaw and Partners put me onto, yeah. uh, and they were talking about the four P's. And one of the four P's is people. And, the, and the, the viral nature of a successful business, as it gets more successful, it attracts successful people mm -hmm. onto the board and to the management. And then it gets more successful and it attracts more and more people. And it becomes a bit self-fulfilling. And yeah. this, this is a good, good move from them. Last time I was speaking with the CEO, he was just at pains to say that they've got a you know, an ace team on the ground in the US because of course it comes down to sales, <laughs> you know, getting it, getting it a, a, into all of those those firms. What was your impression, I'm curious, of uh, the CEO yesterday when you were listening to him speak? Um, I, I wasn't that galvanized by him, um, but I was galvanized by what he was saying. Mm -hmm. um, but the new guy, Simon uh, Yandel, um, is ex-OML um, and ex-3PL. So okay. um, Umedia and, and 3PL, um, good kind of pedigree there. And you know, as I say, you get better management comes to good firms that are doing something and clearly this is an opportunity. So I think, you know, now they're cashed up, America is a big opportunity. I was just staggered the amount of people yeah. that are still using checks. I mean, and, what, yeah. This is a country that's supposed to be so technologically advanced. Yeah, but we always hear that we're early adopters here in Australia as we're, well. We're way yeah. ahead of the curve. Um, okay, before I get too off track, quick fee. It's a buy from both. Yep. So you know what that means. It's going into the portfolio. We will update you on the no portfolio pressure. a little bit later in the piece. Let's get to it, shall we? These are the companies that have been nominated by you. This question comes from Jordan. It is Stockland, SGP. So, gents, we've had a lot of news flow when it comes to stimulus. 
in the past couple of weeks, the Home Builder program as well. So does that help inform your view of Stockland? Uh, so no, I'm not a fan of Stockland, so it's a no from me to start with, to be right out of the gate. I think um, Stockland are going to continue to struggle to maintain revenue and income due to the fact that they're still struggling to get people to pay their rent. Um, so I'm, you know, they've got a gearing around about 25%, which is pretty low. So they, they probably could ratchet that up a little bit. I just think that there's probably better places to be. I think that Stockland with its malls, as well as uh, the residential side of things, uh, it's just probably one that I'm not into. It's a very large diversified group, got a good, you know, sort of management. Um, but shopping malls uh, and retail shopping malls aren't my thing at the moment. And worthwhile noting that it's only about 10% of Stockland's retail exposure in Victoria, so the lockdown shouldn't potentially have mm. a large impact. Why, why wouldn't you favour Stockland because of the resilience that we've seen in the housing sector through the pandemic? Well, I think that's why it's a buy. Um, at least it's, it's not an exciting stock, let's face it, and there's a lot of headwinds as Adam rightly says, in the retail sector in terms of rentals. But it has got that residential exposure. And we've been told for the last six months that housing's going to collapse, that it's the end of the world, mm. the stimulus cliff, all this sort of stuff. And you know what? It, hasn't it hasn't happened. happened. Mm. In actual fact, housing is, is starting to actually go up. Yeah. And uh, we're coming into spring, summertime, which is, which is peak time. And they have got that residential exposure. It's also got a pretty good yield as well. It's not yes. obviously franked. But... Um, it has got a pretty good yield. The balance sheet's not highly geared. It's obviously working with its tenants to work through the, these issues. Um, it's, it's not exciting. It's not a massive growth stock, but I think it'll just grind higher. And certainly from a chart perspective, it just seems to have been doing that. Um, and as, as the kind of, if we do get the lockdown in Victoria alleviated, then that's going to be another positive and it's going to be seen as one of those kind of recovery stories i suspect okay and we have a first quarter update being released on october 20th so clearly adam what you would want to know is how they're going in terms of rental relief 100 for the yeah. retail because you think about it a lot of their stores are coles and woolworths or a big sort of audi so that anchor tenant that anchor tenant doesn't pay a lot of rent because they're the anchor tenant and then you've got all these specialty stores that sit around the outside that meets the news agency the you know the card shop or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, they're paying high, high amounts of rent, but they're the ones that aren't open at mm -hmm. the moment and still probably haven't been open for a while now. So it makes it really, really difficult. I, I, just, I prefer Goodman Group. If you were to push me to something for a REIT, Goodman Group, it's industrial. Uh, that, that would be a perfect fit for a client, um, even though it has run really, really hard. I think Goodman's a better buy. I didn't barely push at all, but thank but you for that. Well, I, could, I could feel <laughs> just that there was something going, but well, what else would you buy? All right, Service Stream is the next company that uh, Nikki, one of our viewers, is asking about. So Service Stream recently extending its agreement with the NBN Co. We've also had confirmation in the budget, once again, yeah. that uh, there will be more money spent for that NBN upgrade. So does Service Stream potentially stand to benefit from that? Yeah, and I think it's one of the few that, uh, that really does, apart from... Um, I guess maybe Downer and a few other yeah. people. And uh, it, it's we've added it recently to our growth portfolio, um, and certainly it looks very much a hold. We added it a little while ago. Um, Chart-wise, it's just peaked short term, but I think this is a good story and one of the few ways to get leverage to that infrastructure space that uh, building the NBN 2.0 and, and that next what would have been should have been the first stage. Mm -hmm. 
of MBN is now the second stage of MBN, but I think this one's uh, certainly um, should do okay. It, I mean, it's not better hold at these levels. You wouldn't be well, buying already, in. It's at two dollars twenty-one. So, yeah, I'd say probably. It's still yeah. quite far away from where it was pre. Yep. March route. Yeah, it is, uh, and obviously, you know, the expansion of the MBN helps. So it's probably a weak buy at these levels. As I say, we bought it a little bit earlier. So yeah, one eighty looks like a really good yep. level to sort of yep. get in. I think that that sort of second peak, uh, you know, on that trading side, it really has to break over that two dollar twenty and continue to, to, to do some work around there. So you don't mind the company fundamentally? So no, yeah. I mean, they've got some really good quality blue chip clients. They've got a decent annual revenue of sort of 933 million plus. Um, a lot of that is reoccurring revenue. So that's something that's, that, that you want in a business. Um, they, they, yeah, they've got a strong workforce and they're around Australia, 34 locations. So it's actually quite a big company, you know, moving forward. I just think you could time your entry a little bit better and that 180 is probably that level. For, for service stream. Okay, um, I think we're coming up with some new vernacular, I've noticed in my time filling in for Kashi. Weak really? buys, we've got you know, yeah. all these sorts of things creeping in. Um, yeah, we'll get the rule book out shortly, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I know, it's tough to say buy, is, hold, or sell. It is tough because you're making a binary, or not a binary decision, yeah. a primary decision based on something. Well, the company could be great, but the share price could have yeah. just gone too far. So yeah. it all comes down to share price at the end of the well, day. Well, that's why I asked the follow-up questions, isn't I know, it? That's, yeah. that's okay, you you're in safe hands. Okay, <laughs> so uh, that was for Nikki. SSM is the ticker code. Uh, Omni Bridgeway is the next one. OBL, and this is uh, a question that's been posed to us by Claire. So how it describes itself is a global leader in dispute resolution finance, potentially because Australia seems to be, you know, ground zero for that kind of uh, business. It, it, I mean, I'm not editorializing, but is it a bit icky? Yeah. Oh, it's all yours, Henry. I, I'll leave this one <laughs> to you. It is a bit icky. I mean, it's litigation funding. Um, well, you read, I mean, I was just reading in the newspaper the other day that the people that are actually launching these class actions end up getting very, very, very little of yeah. the payout. Yeah, I know, it, it is. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good business, um, but I'm not sure which is the good business, whether it's to be the client of these guys or the guys funding them, because the funders tend to do better. Mm. But it is, you know, they're relying on their legal acumen to judge whether the case is winnable, how big the case is going to be, all this sort of thing. And then it comes down to judge juries and the whole appeal system. It's just for me, it's just there's too many kind of moving parts, I guess. You've got to pick the right cases. You've got to get... No, it, it can take a long well, and, time. Well, and then there's that overarching regulatory risk if it's, sentiment yeah. changes yeah. towards... You know, th these guys are pretty good at it. They've been doing it a long time. Uh, I think it used to be called IFM Bentham. Yes. Yes. So they changed their name, Omni Bridgeway. I'm not sure that really says much. No, not at all to me. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, just yeah. to play devil's advocate, and I don't have the broker's name in front of me, but saying that the business offers an attractive exposure to an asset class that is relatively underpenetrated and prospects for uncorrelated returns to equities. See, that's the key, uncorrelated, right? Because what this thing, and it's, not, it's a no from me as well, but what this thing is is that it has very lumpy revenue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the problem is with that is that if, if the revenue doesn't come in on June 30, it comes on July the 1st, albeit one day, it's a downgrade because they couldn't get it in within the financial year. So this lumpy revenue that just continues to roll and then courts might take a, another month to make that decision and, and hence then potential downgrades. And so if, you, if you're comfortable with that revenue being quite lumpy uh, and understanding of how that sort of legal system works, 
Their overheads are really quite high as well. They need to uh, employ a couple of QCs to look over these cases to make sure that there is potentially a win for them. They're not going to go in. So they have to do a fair bit of work to start with. So yeah, um, you know, they're looking to, to move into Europe. Uh, they're looking to mm -hmm. sort of do a couple of other things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could find 10 other stocks that are a little bit more exciting yeah. than this one. Yeah. And uncorrelated can mean just random. <laughs> that's right yeah. which, which is what it could be you know it's just random oh, you get a win you get a loss you get a win you know it can be yeah. very random well yeah. just for the record just so that I put it out there City saying that Omni Bridgeway can double its gross income in two years um, look it talks about the lumpy returns but saying that it's broadly manageable and could even be slightly positive and it's a uh, need to pay external investors first. Mm. Uh, but anyways, it's a no uh, it's for no. both of our no. guests here in studio today. Getting to the fourth company on our list, uh, Technology One, TNE, and this is a question that's coming to us from Carlos. I hope Carlos is watching today, but of course you can always catch up with these episodes through our website and our app as video on demand. They get a lot of play and also it's a podcast as well, just a public service announcement there. Um, but Technology One for Carlos, we've got um, yeah, what do you think of Technology One? It, it sort of divides. I like it. I like it. I think it's a great business. Uh, it's got volume. It's great market cap. It, it sits in that sort of technology space. Uh, it has done very, very well over the last sort of year or so. Um, March 23, you know, it didn't even sort of take a blip really in that sort of March 23. So I think it's a great business. Um, I, I like the way that they do those software solutions around the world. Um, supply chain, property, all of those kinds of things. I think it, it, it hits well with me. So, so yeah, I like it. Why is it share price coming under pressure? If it's got a large, diversified, well-funded, you know, customer base, what's been going on there? Um, a lot of their customers are, are government, and I, I, I agree with Adam. It's a buy. We, we hold it in our growth portfolio and have done two. We agree time. on today, Henry. That's great. That's unusual. Is that, I was going to say, is this a record? <laughs> <laughs> that is unusual. But you know, it's, it's a good company. They are transitioning to a, to, to a SaaS model. Yeah. Um, as a, and there's a lot of companies that have been doing that. And there's kind of, um, there's a bit of a valley to get through. There's a bit of a trough to get through sometimes. When you're taking up front license fees, you get a big wedge of earnings and then you charge them a sort of a yearly mm -hmm. uh, fee. When you move to a SaaS model, you don't get that upfront license Correct. fee big hit but you get a bigger kind of monthly revenue and it's more certain and more predictable and as you as you know you get addicted to the apps and the and the procedures and the IT systems that you know and someone goes and changes it all hell breaks loose so um, there, there's a lot of stickiness about this business mm -hmm. and I think because it is transitioning to the SaaS model it has been kind of a bit a bit more volatile than maybe it should but it's certainly one of the premier IT businesses in Australia and uh, you know we've, we've liked it for a while, so happy with this one. So there is a, uh, I think there's an update coming through. FY20 results actually on November the 24th, so it's a little bit out of cycle. What will That's you want to know? You want to talk about cost controls? You yeah. want to talk about new contracts? Or yeah, hear about so. new contracts? Yeah, I guess so. And uh, you know, obviously we're going to get a lot more information about how COVID has affected these businesses and that, that's really what AGM season is going to produce. I mean, come the results in August, everything yeah. was kind of thrown up in the air and no one knew and all the CEOs, etc., just went, it's all too hard, we'll tell yeah. you later. So it, come up November, that's you know, another five weeks away, you really want to see some, some certainty, maybe some forecasts, maybe some, you know, the government's doing this, we're, we're on board, we've got some new contracts. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, you just want to see some good news and some certainty. So you brought up AGM season. Um, yeah. 
you know, are we any wiser then on that front since we had a lot of ambiguity around reporting season in terms of Telstra, in terms of CSL, in yeah. terms of, uh, what was the other one? CBA was the other big one this week. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of things and, and really what you want shareholders to be looking at. One is our remuneration and that's certainly going to be a big thing for all these companies that haven't really well performed even you know post or pre-COVID. But uh, remuneration, the strike rule, three strikes and you're out. And I think AGL got a strike last week or this week uh, on some of those kinds of things. And really shareholder vote, everybody should be getting in there and putting their proxies in and voting for these things. So I think companies are listening to their shareholders a little bit better now than they previously were because that shareholder voice is actually growing. And we've started to see that with these three strikes and these remunerations and the directors going, well, I can't just sit back now. Um, these, if my, you know, If my shareholders say that, I'm going to get a pay cut. It's going to happen. So, um, AGM season is all about the outlook for mm -hmm. us. You know, we've already seen their report. We now just want to get an idea of how that outlook's going to look, and we, you know where we can go from there. So, um, it's always an exciting time, but it's always a volatile time for the market as well. Did you like hearing about dividends in oh. terms of Telstra and CBA? It's been such a t long time as well since we've heard about <laughs> dividends, <laughs> apart from being cut, abandoned. I think for AGMs it's going to it, it will be about returning hopefully to some sort of normality and some sort of certainty and, I, and I'm hoping that the, the companies that we assumed were winners through COVID actually say you know what we have been a winner um, and, it and has been able to maintain and been able to maintain it um, and, and I mean, even when you talk to someone like, uh, you know, I saw the red bubble guy mm -hmm. on uh, Osbys yesterday Austin. and, yeah. you know, yeah. these guys have knocked it out of the park. And, uh, and it's, you know, to me, it's about packaging. These guys were really good at packaging. I bought something on red bubble yeah. and it came in nice packaging. You know how, remember how Apple did the really good packaging? Yep. And it was tactile and beautiful, so beautiful you didn't want to actually open the iPhone. I've got boxes. Henry, I wouldn't have pegged it for you. <laughs> no, no, but I've got boxes of the iPhone. We Three, well. five, it's seven, eight, you know. Sitting in there. Sitting in there. And just, yeah. I have no idea why. My wife just said, you know, why have you got all those? But red bubble stuff came in beautiful packaging, yeah. nice stickers. And you could see that the company actually cared. And that's good. And it's obviously showed through in their business model as well. Mm. But when you listen to the guy yesterday talking about um, the extraordinary times we're going through and the fact they've sold you know, heaps of masks and mm -hmm. everyone's sitting at home and bored so they buy a few t-shirts because they don't have to worry about a suit anymore. Um, you know, it, that he was saying that you know, this won't last. Right. So I think AGM season, we're gonna see uh, a lot of people saying, yeah, you know, we've been really good winners, but this is an extraordinary time. We've now created a moat for ourselves for whatever reason, mm. we think that's gonna last, but maybe the, the wins are not gonna be quite so extraordinary if, if you like but and some of the losers may say you know what it hasn't been anywhere near as tough as we thought it was going to mm. be yeah mm. well we will see um i digress a little bit so i'm being told to get back on track so that is a buy <laughs> from both for technology one megaport no it's not your fault it's mine completely i'll wear it megaport mp1 this is a question to us coming from daniel daniel i hope you're listening in uh, it, it's in the data center space. At the end of FY20, it had 366 data centers installed, 691 enabled. That's up 66% year on year. Can that, can that growth continue? I don't know. I hope Henry's going to agree with me, but I think it's a buy. Oh. 
Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah we are on a tear, yeah, people. Uh, You're going to have a portfolio <laughs> full of 30 stocks by the end of this. We should just agree to say yeah, yes we should, to everything. We um, no, no, this one is fantastic. <laughs> this one is fantastic. I mean, T&E, look, it, it, it's more lukewarm. This is uh, what we call in the industry a table thumper. Um, in other words, buy some of this. This is fan This is great. I love their cloud connectivity solutions business. It's fantastic. Basically, if you went to Telstra and asked them to connect you to the cloud, it could take you up to 15 days. These guys take up to 15 minutes and it's done. So look, they've, they've killed it and they will continue to keep getting market share across the board. It's a buy from me. Why buy? That, Obviously, that, price is not an issue then with MP1 right now. It's a, it's a table, table bumper. bumper. It's a table bumper. Uh, I, I, I read so many companies, you know, what we do, and so the cloud must be so busy up there because everybody seems to be connecting. <laughs> so it's a great day cloud. out here in Sydney. It must, it must be permanently cloudy everywhere. Um, I like Megaport. Bev Stattery is a, is a very good operator. Um, he did sell out of a, a, a small portion recently, which spooked a few people, yeah. um, as it tends to do. But he then did divested into a bunch of other things. And it's you know it's hard if you're the founder of a company, the driving force, and you've got all your wealth in that company. We're forever being told oh, you've got to diversify your portfolio and all this stuff. And as soon as the founder does, everyone goes, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Mm. Um, he, he did some pretty shrewd investments in some small cap things. I'm, I'm going to thump the table again. Uh, but Megaport, it, it, it's a good business. And, and as Adam says, you know, these guys are connecting you that quickly. Uh, they're running, you know, walking all over Telstra and other things. And he's a very s smart, savvy operator. So we, we like this one. Okay. Um, good. Two buys. Two buys. And, and Four some buys in a row. Some, and some thumping. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. um, let me do a little bit of a summary of the first five stocks of the day. Get my notes out. Okay. First of all, Quick Fee. It is a buy. That was the stock of the day from both of the guys. Adam's saying it's a good opportunity at around 50, 51 cents. So perhaps a little bit of a weaker buy right now. Um, but yeah, Henry Jennings likes it as well. When you consider the size of the U.S. market, when you consider how far behind you know, they are parts of the world like Australia in using electronic payments. So that's a good one there. Stockland, it's a buy from Henry Jennings. And that's because he says that the residential downturn that we had expected at the start of this pandemic really hasn't come to fruition. It's got a yield, pretty strong balance sheet. So it's not the most exciting company, but it is still a buy. Adam Dawes, he's not a fan. He doesn't like the retail exposure that this company has. He must have a Stockland near him because he knows exactly the setup of every single one. If you had to push him, he would give you Goodman Group in the property space. Um, Service Stream is the next one on the list. So Adam Dawes says that 180 is a level to get in. Fundamentally sound business. It's got blue chip clients, but you do need to time the entry with this one. It's a hold from, um, from Henry Jennings and it's been in their growth portfolio but it comes down to price it does benefit from the nbn so well he says potentially it's a weak buy so that's that's our new uh, rating there <laughs> we're trademarking it here at Ausbiz. okay omni bridgeway obl this is for claire adam dawes says no lumpy revenue henry says too many moving parts we'll leave it there it's just not one that you should have in your portfolio and we will not be having it here at Ausbiz either technology one though that's a different story tne solid buy from both of the guys service as our software as a service, um, pretty sticky business, Henry Jennings said, and um, it's a solid company in Adam Dawes's view. And then you get to the table thumper. <laughs> That's also a new little phrase we will be keeping. Um, Adam says that it's fantastic. We'll there leave it go. there. Um, yep. Henry Jennings says that Bev Slattery, 
pretty smooth operator. It's just a really good business. It's in that data center space, which as we talk about often on the channel is just a real sort of solid area of the, um, of the, the place to be operating in. So given that we have two buys from our expert guests, uh, making it into the portfolio, that means that we've got quick fee. It means I think that we've got service stream your buy service yep. stream, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we've got technology one, and we've got Megaport. Uh, I think that must be a record. We've got cloud covered. Cloud. <laughs> we've definitely got <laughs> the we've cloud. We've got some table thumping. Okay, we should update you then on how the portfolio's been going. So, uh, if we take a look at the week, we're up by about two point three percent, over seven and a half percent higher on a monthly return, and since July the first. Uh, we are nearly 17 and three quarters of a percent of a higher return. So taking a look at some of the stocks that we added to the portfolio recently, there is that data center theme yes, with NextDC. We've got Kogan, we've got Smart Group, Sims, James Hardy, Credit Corp and Marley Spoon though were taken out. So if you'd like to see those stocks, you can do so. The, um, the address is at the bottom of the screen. We get a lot of emails. It's not .com, it's osbiz.co backslash portfolio and we will continue to keep you updated on how that's going. Um, just a quick reminder about the COB, it wraps the day in finance. We get it to your inbox at 5.30. Both of my guests here read it religiously and Absolutely. also listen mm. to the podcast as well. Um, yeah, let's just hear what's coming up today at 4 p.m. You know what we do here at Osby's when the cameras stop rolling? We talk about markets. And a little bit of sport. But mostly markets. Because we love finance and we think it's fun. So every Friday, we're keeping the cameras on and we'd love you to join us for a drink and chat. We'll catch up with all the Ausbiz regular guests and the odd special guests as well. Yes, we speak to some of Australia's best winemakers, brewers and distillers. It's The Last Call, only on Ausbiz. The Last Call is proudly presented by Australian Vintage Wines and Founders First. Okay, well, let's get back to the 10 stocks that have been picked by you, our viewers. If you'd like to email any ideas in, you can do so. The address will be at the bottom of the screen a little bit later in the program. Uh, let's get to number six on the list, and this one comes from John. John has written in about EML payments. EML payments, guys, is one of the most followed companies on the Ausbiz platform. But it was um, it is the most followed. I said it's one right. of the most followed right. on the Ausbiz platforms. Every time we interview, um, you know, anybody from EML, the video on demand, yeah. you know, it gets a lot of interest. Wow. So um, it's a supplier of prepaid financial cards. In a nutshell, uh, for those of you not familiar with it, um, it's got a global e marketplace that it clearly wants to get tapped into. Uh, Henry, I'll start with you. Um, I like this one. I've held it for a long time. It, it does tend to get a bit lumped in with the whole buy now, pay it later does. thing. Not quite though. Not quite. It's kind of a peripheral player and it's a little bit more complicated. It does have uh, gift cards, uh, global gift cards. It also has a presence in preloaded gaming cards in the US through Bet365, okay. which was what I think people got quite excited about at one stage um, because of the, the changes, I guess, in, in gambling in the US. And we've seen that with PointsBet as well. So th these guys did a deal with Bet365 so you could have pre-loaded gaming cards so you kind of couldn't spend more than you could afford to lose sort of thing. Um, but um, that, that's gone a little bit quiet. Uh, I listened to the presentation the other day where you had the guy on. Um, it's pretty impressive. It's not the most simple business mm -hmm. to understand. There's, a, there's quite a lot of moving parts and in some respects it kind of reminded me a bit of Flexi Group 
not in the same kind of thing, but it just it was quite a complicated thing to get head around. There was lots of different, you know, gift cards, the payment systems, this sort of stuff, uh, the gaming cards. They've done a big acquisition in Europe, which yeah. took them, you know, right down to the wire, but they've come back stronger since they've, then. They've um, come back yeah. stronger. I, I mean, I, I like the stock. I think it's got a good theme. I think the management's good and they seem to be executing well. So uh, it's, it's a buy from me, but um, it can be a bit volatile and it does get dragged up in the, uh, in the sort of the tech ups and downs sometimes, but it's, it's definitely a buy from me. And so um, when it comes to the gift card um, part of the business, it will definitely be really instructive what happens in the upcoming Christmas period in the US in particular. Yeah, and you know, gift cards is a massive business as well. It's, it's a huge business. Mm. Um, so it will be interesting to see how we go with, with you know, Black Friday, Crazy Monday, Cyber Tuesday, <laughs> uh, Wobbly Wednesday, whatever it's going to be. And we're, we're in the middle of that season now, but uh, you know, stimulus certainly helps. And uh, you know we're seeing a gradual recovery in the global economy. Adam, do you know it? Do you like yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I do. I like it. Um, you know, I don't think they're ready to pay a dividend this year, but um, look, they're certainly um, doing well in that payment section. Um, I think you know their share price is reflecting you know some of the wins that they've potentially had. Um, I really like the business, you know, because we're all talking about online, but there is still such a huge subsect of people that still go and get gift cards for Christmas, for birthdays and those kinds of things. So, um, you know, online is still very impersonal for that side of things. And I think, you know, those gift cards uh, are fantastic. Um, more shopping gift cards, fantastic solution. Uh, as well as, you know, Westfield make a fair bit of money out of it as well. I was well. going to say, so you can use these gift cards online. It doesn't mean that you've got to go into the bricks no, and mortar. No, so it co like, like covers my, all bases. My point is, if you buy something online, you get a crappy printout and you put it in a car yeah, right. and then you give it to somebody and they're like, oh, thanks, you printed me an A4 piece of like, does, But a gift card sort of has that sort of attachment. Cache. Yeah, a little, little bit extra. Put in a little bit of effort to go to the, <laughs> little bit the more post effort. office and, and get you one. Just pick one up at the checkout. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly more effort. Now we know what to get them for Christmas. <laughs> you know, that's what my wife gets mostly. So, you know, uh, absolutely. Yeah, really. um, you old romantic. Talking up oh. his own book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's a buy from me. It's a great leverage on on the technology. Oh my gosh, we've got another buy I into the that portfolio. That, sh that should already be in the portfolio. If I think it might be. I don't know it off off uh, um, Otherwise, off my we're going to proliferate this portfolio with another ten. We may as well today. name it the Dozzy and uh, Jennings portfolio. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I've got to get serious here. It's a yeah, Friday, sorry. but I'm I'm getting a bit loose. Code in the ticker code is CDA. This is a question coming to us from Sasha. Look, it's a manufacturer and supplier of um, communications, metal detection, and mining technology. It's out of Adelaide in that sort of manufacturing space, which we know Adelaide very well for, along with its startup community. So um, how do you rate Coden? Yeah, I'm a little bit lukewarm on this one. I, I don't know what you think. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, not a fan of it. I, I, I don't see there being huge growth in, in, in this space. Um, it, for me, it, it's been around for a while, though, I thought, um, as far as a, a stock is concerned. Yes. And look at that. Wow. Maybe... Maybe you need to Maybe go back to and read a little more. You want to have another um, go at that no, one? At no, the no. last reporting season, metal detection <laughs> demand, which I thought was interesting, drove a beat. You know, it was a beat. And it was predominantly driven by gold mining, which is, you know, no yeah, big, surprise. big surprise. Gold is hot. But yeah. also supported by recreational use as well. Yeah, that's a big I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you just see guys in anoraks, don't you? Surely it says that radio detector. communications was also strong, supported by several large military 
contracts, which is a thematic that we discuss sort of a lot, increasingly so mm. these days. Mm. Um, solid balance sheet and uh, potential momentum continuing into FY21. I'll have to figure out which broker I can do that while you talk, Henry, was waxing lyrical about Coden. What do you think? I don't mind it, I've got to say. I mean, the gold price is quite a achiever, really, isn't it? It is a quiet achiever, and it, yeah. it, it's, a bit, it's a bit like ALS. It kind of goes in the doghouse for a while, and then it goes all quiet, and nothing happens. Then it releases yeah. its results, and everyone goes, wow, who'd have thought gold would have been a big influence on metal detectors? And the military on the radio side of things. We've got a, a government that has said that part of the stimulus package they're looking for in terms of business is towards uh, mining technology. This falls into that camp. Also, they're spending more on uh, defense systems, etc. We even saw EOS today, uh, one of my yeah. old-time faves, Electro-Optic yeah. Systems, getting a, a space contract. Woohoo! You're right. Lost in space. Yeah. I mean, finally, they've started to get some revenue out of that space thing. So, um, I, I like Kogan, uh, Coden. Uh, it's, it's probably not a buy up here, mainly because it's just run pretty hard. That's what I was going to ask, because that a, chart was meteoric. Yeah, that chart is meteoric. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, up here it's a hold. But uh, it, it's a good quality sleeper kind of stock that people forget about and it just kind of springs to life every time there's a result or an announcement and it just continues the momentum higher. So it's definitely share, a hold. I think the share price definitely be predicated on the gold price as well. I mean, yeah. as long as you know, that sort of commodity is moving in the right direction, it gets a fair bit of its uh, revenue from detectors then yeah, potentially if gold price stays high then this stock should stay pretty high as well. So but yeah, not for me. <laughs> not for you. I mean, no, I'm no, writing it no, down, no, don't worry. Right, but right. the outperform rating does come from Macquarie. So that's how okay. uh, Macquarie read the result that came through. So CDA, Sasha, I hope that um, scratched the itch for you. Let's go to our next company, Michael Hill. Now this has been sent in by James. Michael Hill was out just this week with an update for the first quarter, sales up 7.3%. And uh, up, um, same store sales up by 12.5%. Online was absolutely booming, which is no big surprise. Mm. And the margins were increasing as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's in that retail space. A lot of them have been benefiting from this e-commerce trend, but it's been a troubled company. I think, you know, what we've been looking for after March 23rd is companies that are adding or, or that there's value. And, and certainly Michael Hill looks like there's value when the stock got down to sort of 25 cents March 23 you know the bottom of the market and and now you know and sort of really hasn't sort of come back it's you know it's starting to come back now so i think potentially you might see some money obviously that good trading update online is off a very low base so I, i'm you know when i see these retailers that have known that online or the internet has been around for the last 10 to 15 years and now saying that they're getting their online strategy up and running i i, I don't take that as a as a, an excuse or or whatnot and their online sales are from a very low base I think it's just one, um, I'm going to steal a bit of Henry's thunder here. I like LaVisa better oh, as a business. We both agree on that. And I think that's something, I just don't like the space that they play in. It's a sort of cheap jewelry, um, but it's it's seen to be up more up market than what they're really providing. I don't know. Yeah, well, you want to talk cheap jewelry, you want to talk LaVisa. Let's talk but they, cheap but jewelry. They don't, but they don't, they don't. Uh, they don't pretend to be something they're not. Correct. That's exactly it what, is what it is. My LaVisa earrings in today. It, it is, oh, it is what it is. It's a table thumper. Uh, it is what it is with LaVisa. Um, Michael Hill, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, as Adam says, they, they've spent a long time trying to get their, their act together in terms of online. Maybe they're finally doing it. There was a pretty good sales update they gave and maybe 
the fact that we can't go on expensive holidays and we're stuck at home and we're this, that and the other and we're not going out to dinner anywhere near like we used to. Then we're we falling in love more. Falling in love. Well, Adam's like, he's still got the gift cards going for his wife. <laughs> but um, it, maybe we're spending a little bit more on things to make us just a little Those bit little happy. Those little treats. The little right? treats. They're not big treats. They're not a new car, although that's going pretty well. Doing but, very well. But um, they're little things. And that's, you know, that plays into the La Visa thing, but that's more a, um, a teenage girl kind of market. What are you fast, saying? Apparently. <laughs> fast, um, fast fashion. Uh, fast it. fashion. You can take that one. Um, uh, but I, I, it's kind of got some attractions slightly. It's, right. it's definitely a hold because right. they may be finally getting their act together and seeing the benefit of online. But what's and it, the catalyst? Like, what's the catalyst for it well, to the, move? The catalyst is we can't go and do the stuff we normally did, and so we have to go and treat ourselves to little things, little rewards. And maybe Michael Hill, the jewelers, is the little reward. Little reward. Yeah, I, um, I just can't see like you know spending 150 bucks on a. No, gold-plated. I've got to say, it's, it's not one that usually pops up on on my radar as a you know a red-hot retailer. That's is it institutionally edge. owned? Is that sort of what maybe it's potentially? I mean, it's been around for years. Hasn't it's been it? around for years. Oh, it's yeah. got big New Zealand and business it, it as made well. a foray into international markets yeah, into Canada. Well. They had to pull back from that. that. They had well. another line which was more targeted to a younger demographic. I think that. Uh, potentially bit yeah, the right. dust. Yeah. Um, 2016. They, they've had a, a, a kind of a history of disappointment in terms of um, expansion. Yep. Um, maybe they should have just stuck with sorting out the online platform and, and, and gone from there. But yeah. you know, probably at these levels, it, it's a hold. But um, it's it's yeah, it, mm. it's not one that really pops up to be honest. It's, yep. it's kind of one of those weird retailers. Yeah. You walk past and you think, uh, yeah. Really, do I want another Seiko Casio watch? Well, you should probably ask your wife. And well, she might she sorry. might give you a little uh, She likes high tip class jewelry. So. <laughs> Tiffany's all the way yeah, for well, that's uh, right. For that's right. Oh, I wonder what she thinks of my LaVisa earrings. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on from that. Mincor Resources is the next company on the list. MCR is uh, the ticker code. It's coming from Michaela. And this is all about nickel, isn't it? And um, I've had so many conversations about nickel in particular since we had the Tesla battery day happening. So... Are these, uh, you know, Australian resources company uh, a solid way to play that theme, Henry? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it's certainly, you know, BHP is now talking to Tesla. So uh, Mincor has been around since the Pope was a boy. I remember a uh, guy, David Moore, I think, used to run the company. Yeah. I don't know if he still does, but he's been around a long time. It is a nickel play. Uh, they're going to be in production in 2022, in theory, hopefully. And there's a lot of excitement around nickel at the moment, um, mainly on the back of not just the battery day, but I guess the whole push into electric vehicles and the concentration of, of nickel, as well as the lithium thing, which, you know, that, that was a big fizzer and then it kind of died out a little bit, although we're seeing um, signs again of lithium coming back into play. So, but, li but nickel, yeah, I mean, this is, this is another slow, sort of slow achiever. Um, so, yeah, I think this is, a, this is kind of a buy. Yes, I mean, nickel obviously traditionally used to be uh, for stainless steel products. And so you'd look at sort of forecast for, say, China, how many you know buildings are they building? Okay, but then from there, they're going to need to put kitchens mm -hmm. in there. They're going to need to do all this kind of stuff. And so nickel was, was very much in that sort of space, was part of the copper story, that growth story moving forward. And now, obviously, it's had another light or another, another fresh breath of air with these lithium-ion batteries and uh, the amount of uh, nickel that is needed to be producing these batteries. 
So BHP, as um, Henry rightly pointed out, said that nickel demand will triple on the back of energy, the energy revolution going forward. And that's real positive for something like a Mincor uh, to, to go ahead with that. I think um, from that, um, Diggers and Dealers has just, has it finished? I think it's yep. wrapped up. Yep. Yep. Wrapped up today or yep. yesterday? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's, it's finished. And everyone was talking about gold, basically. But nickel was the second thing or yep. the second most talked about commodity in that space. Usually it's iron ore, usually it's you know all about the Pilbara and all that kind of stuff. This time it was very much in the gold space, but then also nickel. So I think that, that uh, this, the, the talk about that through the dealers is now starting to move forward. I think Mincor is probably one of our better companies for that nickel production. Western Areas is probably also in there as well. So there's two in there. I think it's a buy. I like it. I think I think it's just got another. Two. Yeah, no, this is our third. Um, yeah. Uh, so this is yeah, definitely. I, I think you know we probably need some more commodity exposure in the uh, portfolio. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think so. We're all tech heavy and all um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But so so if your clients, you know, yeah. were calling you and they were asking about this whole thematic to EV, you know. Mincor would be one that would come to mind yes. and you'd be comfortable with that or would it depend on the weighting that they have in their portfolio toward any given commodity? So yes, yes. so you, you basically look at the, the commodity exposure or the materials that they hold and generally you like to have around about 25 to 30% of the portfolio in an Aussie listed uh, uh, portfolio that would be um, have access to materials. Banks are a little bit higher and then everything sort of scales down from there. So having that uh, material exposure, yes, you would look at uh, how much they've got already and then if they needed to top up. For a more sort of general client, it would be BHP because it's just got that little bit more diversification, more confidence on the dividend, those kinds of things. But for a client that wants sort of more specific uh, access, Oz Minerals for copper and Mincor for our nickel mm-hmm. exposure. Oh, there you go. I, I guess the great thing about Mincor as well is there, there is a timeline now. They've got the debt funding facility sorted. There is a timeline now for Cambalda. They I think that's, yeah, FY22. FY22 production. So you can kind of see, you know, as companies move towards out of, you know, the, the fact that it's a project and, you know, hopefully it gets up and running to production, you can see the timeline ahead of you. And that usually comes with a re-rating for the company as it starts to become a, a producer from the project as opposed to just an explorer or doing you know, feasibility studies mm-hmm. till the cows come home from pre-fees, definitive banks. But well, that's what I notice. I mean, we speak with a lot of small cap miners, which I love and explorers, but the timeline is so long Ten, okay. and I mean, it takes, a lot you know, of and, and there's so many variables that can go wrong. Yeah, it takes, you know, they say that it takes you know, five to 10 years to go from discovering the, the, the resource uh, to actual production. It's, it's a long timeline. You know, we're, we're all now got five minute time horizons. We want the next big, we want to be table thumping. Yeah. We want to be, you know, getting yeah, excited Yeah, well, I don't know what something. that says about us. But as far as um, <laughs> Mincor being a potential takeover target as well, I mean, you've got to think that that could be on the table if this whole EV thematic takes <coughs> off as well. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think one thing that stood out from diggers and dealers, and I'm sure it was that I, I wasn't there because nobody was couldn't from, go unless couldn't you're go. but there were 1972 yeah. physical delegates there we all, spoke with people from WA. and they were having a great time I'm and sure they, they felt were. so lucky I'm to be sure in the were. wa bubble yeah. so um the, all the big talk of course was about the super pit you know, yeah northern star and saracen yeah. that type there and what falls out of that um whether it's people or whether it's projects or, or people with projects and of course that's going to set off at tremors throughout the gold industry and it's also going to set tremors throughout nickel and copper and all these other companies are going to go, oh, hang on a second, we can, 
this is a copper gold project or this has got some mm. nickel involved. So things are going to happen. I think we could see a bit of a flurry in the next year, or, you know, six months to a year of some pretty good um, you know, companies start to evolve with acquisitions, some M&A, some takeovers. And so, you know, it's, it's possible that Mincor could be on somebody's dance card. All right. Well, we know that it's in the portfolios. So let's get to our final company of the day. And this, I actually don't have a name associated with Australian Ethical. Oh, it's Max. Apologies, Max. Australian Ethical Investments, AEF is the ticker code if you're at home and writing these things down. Uh, the share price has taken a bit of a hit over the past uh, few months, quarter or so. Why is that, Adam? Uh, well, well, there's a couple. There's a couple of things. The reasons why. I mean, the the whole side of the ethical side of things is fantastic, um, and and you know to have that kind of stuff in the portfolio. Um, I think the reason why it's it, it got a decent short position on it at the moment. So there's probably some in, inherent selling sort of pressure from the offer side. The second thing is that it's quite illiquid as well. Um, there's only 112 million shares on issue. So there's not a lot, um, you know, so it is quite thinly traded. So when someone needs to take a position either way, if they're selling or buying, they can push the share price higher or lower, uh, depending on, you know, who they're using for their broker or whatnot. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think overall um, they're getting positive inflows and really that ethical stance, which I think people are looking for, um, is, is certainly something that, um, you know, it's what people are looking for in their portfolio. They've got about $4 billion under management at the moment. Um, I think they're quite expensive. Well, they've just cut fees for Superfund members. It says that it wants to continue to make you know, strides toward that lower cost ethical option. So that could be a reason why the share price also falls is, is that less fees un, or funds under management, but then less fees means mm -hmm. the company doesn't make as much as well. So, yeah, um, I like the story. Um, I don't know... I'd probably choose an ETF if I was pushed to make a decision. So it's a it's a hold from me, but I would use an ETF and there's some really good international as well as local ETFs that you can use to get your ethical uh, satisfaction. Name one. Uh, for the international side, it's ETHI, E-T-H-I, mm -hmm. which is the beta shares one. And then the other one is FAIR, F-A-I-R, and that's the Australian uh, ethical one, which is the ones we use in our portfolios. He knows his stuff, that Adam does. Henry, Australian ethical. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. He thinks he's... Yeah, I'll take he's it. Yeah, anyway, Henry, he he's the bee's knees, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, if you saw ethical. that share price fall and you like the ethical thematic, which is everywhere, yep. is potentially if you could get your hands on some of this, uh, this stock, would you do it? Ethical satisfaction. There's another phrase. Yeah. There we go. Satisfied. Um, yes. I liked this stock a long time ago when it was sort of two dollars fifty, and it got absolutely ridiculous. The pricing was just complete madness for a company that was a fund manager, who's basically you've got a you know you've got a revenue stream by the by the, the fees you charge, then you get your performance fees. It was managing four billion dollars worth of money and had a one and a half billion dollar market cap. Yep. Now it's back to five or six hundred million dollar market cap. It's still only managing four billion dollars of money. You look at Magellan, which everyone says is really expensive. That's value, managing a hundred billion, yep. and it's valued at eleven billion. So, and then you look at Pendle, which I wrote up yesterday in the newsletter, which I kind of like. They wrap, they look after a hundred billion, and they're valued at one and a half billion. Huh? Okay. So you're kind of scratching your head and thinking, well, you know, what's the difference? And I guess with Australian Ethical, it's got ethical in the title thumbs up uh, people like that and if they can't go to um, 
ethyl fair. Mm -hmm. well, well done there, you did yeah, well. And um, then they, they do this one, but it is thin and it is shorted and it does have these volatile runs. I think it's almost due for another run, only because the market's picked up and, and funds are seen as proxies exposure mm -hmm. to the market. You know, when the market goes up, Magellan goes up and, and all Correct. this sort of stuff. But there are cheaper fund managers. What has been interesting, I think, in the space is that uh, Janus Henderson, which was a, a dog, it was a Labrador yeah. in a kennel, yeah. did nothing. Again, massive amounts of money under management. I think 330 billion under management. Um, not all money under management is the same, mm. obviously, but um, huge. And then you get one activist shareholder that comes on board and says, hey, you know what, guys, we need to shake this up a bit because you've got all this money and nothing's happening. And the stock price goes nuts. Boom. And yeah. then you've got JP Morgan that just bought Eaton Vance, yeah, I think Vance. that little rocket under that it. little rocket under it. Yeah. So there's there's clearly stuff happening in this sector, and we know that there's stuff happening in the finance sector generally. Um, I'm not suggesting that AEF is, is part of that, but stocks like Pendle do look a bit cheap. Mm. So if it had a better name, which it used to, since they changed their name from BT yeah. to Pendle, Pendle, that was it. Yeah. And the problem with these funds is they need a rock star. You look Correct. at you need a guy, you need a mm. figurehead. The Amish. great thing about um, Magellan is Hamish. Yep. The great thing about Wilson Asset Management is yep. Jeff. Yep. The great thing about Kurt Nielsen and Platinum was Kurt Nielsen. That's right. Yep. Now they're, you, you need a rock star. If you've got no rock star, you've got no focal point. People like rock Maybe stars. Maybe Ethical's the rock star of Australian Ethical. Anyways, buy, hold, or sell? Uh, it's, uh, it's a modest, no, no, okay, it's a buy. Modest? It's what? a buy. We won't go modest, we'll go it's a buy, because Adam's buy. gone no, so yeah, okay. I'll go buy. All right, I've got to wrap this up for our viewers. Uh, the sixth <laughs> company on the list was EML Payments. It was a buy from both. They both really like it. And uh, just to, to finish the conversation, it was removed from the panel by another mm. guest combination. So it's now back in, thanks to you guys. Um, Coden, CDA, maybe a quiet achiever in Henry Jennings' words. It's a hold from him. And that's because of the price. I don't think that uh, Adam was too keen on that one, but I think he might have become a little <laughs> bit more keen through the conversation, well, depending <laughs> on the gold price. But it's, it's not a buy from Adam, so it's not going in the portfolio. Michael Hill International. The catalyst, Henry Jennings says, is that it might finally be getting its online game together. Um, it's a hold for him. It does have some attractiveness, but Adam Dawes says, look, he, he wouldn't be buying the jewelry there for his wife, so he just doesn't think, you know, it's too late for that online game to get together. So that is a no. He likes the visa better if you're looking for um, something from him further on that. Mincor Resources, it's a resources play getting toward production in the nickel space by FY22, and it is in the portfolio. Buy from both guys. Um, look, Henry was pointing out that at Diggers and Dealers, yes, gold was a focus, but nickel uh, came in uh, second. Um, there are, you know, this company has been around since uh, since the Pope was a boy. I think that's a quote from Henry. So it's a buy, and uh, yeah, just a, just a solid buy from you yeah, as well. Absolutely. We put it into portfolios. Yeah. And Australian Ethical, it's not going in the portfolio. It's a hold from Adam. He'd prefer if you want ethical exposure to go to Ethi or Fair, which are two ETFs. It is a buy from Henry, he's going on his own, but it won't be going in the portfolio. Um, it needs a rock star, but he says it, it potentially is due for a run. All right, guys, thank you so much yeah. for all of your insights and expertise Pleasure. today. We always appreciate it. Henry Jennings from Marcus Today, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. I mentioned if you'd like us to cover a company for you, just email the call at ausbiz.com.au and go to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio for the portfolio. 
Uh, that's it for the show today. It's been great to have you along, whatever way you're watching, Twitter, Facebook, or via our app. Uh, you can tune into the Startup Daily Show from two. So we'll be talking about a lot of the companies that are still looking for capital in the startup space. Today, Tim Langford from Claim App. This is the company launches on Birchall. It's looking to raise equity to expand its reach and product offering. We'll find out what that offering is. It's coming up on the Startup Daily Show. Gemma Acton will be here on the other side of the break to take you through markets back in a moment.